When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to episode number 61 of the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields, here with Guy. Uh, you asked me some tough questions this week. That was an hour of an hour and 15, I think it was, of just juicy gossip content behind the scenes drama. guys this is why the podcast is so good because you're going to get some exclusives in today's podcast things that i've never ever spoke about on any other platform by here on the podcast would you say i had to twist your arm to get to talk about this today or a bit of push or what would you say well you definitely put a topic in my whatsapp this morning that i i made me nervous can i reply let me read out your first response to it Are you ready <laughs> So this is an extra this is a pure rick's looking nervous now to can't remember what he said it your response said I'm not sure yet, mate. Let me have a think. That was at 8.48. At 8.53, you said, I'm already starting to come around to the idea. So Guy sent a voice note this morning about a topic that we're going to talk about on today's podcast, which, again, I've not spoke about to anybody in the world outside of the Rickshills Media Company. So, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You're not listening to it yet? We will listen in, though. But sit back and enjoy <laughs> this episode. It's a good one. This isn't doing it justice, but it is a good one today. It's a really good one. A guy starts it on a bit of a downer. We take his mind off it, and then it comes back. Yeah. It comes back to haunt him. As a treat, can I do the jingle, then? If you have to. Uh, I'll count in from five, then you have to do it. Ready? Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy. How are you, Guy? Mixed. You've had a funny morning with your car, actually, haven't you? I've had a, <laughs> I've had a good weekend, but a bad start to the Monday. Oh. So, as I've explained to you, my car has been making some noise where there's literally water in it, in the sill, which I didn't know what the sill was until I looked online. It's the bit like where you put your foot on if you get in the car, yes. essentially. And this is the back passenger seat. Back passenger seat sill. And it's literally like someone sat there with a gallon of water. And every time I slow down at lights, it's making a, a gushing, yeah, noise. A gushing noise. So I took it to the garage last week. It's a new car for me as well. So I took it, so obviously I want it fixed ASAP. Took it to the garage last week. They were helpful, but didn't really resolve it. Got rid of some of the water. It was still there. Took it again this morning. And the service hasn't been bad. It's just they're not really just telling me exactly what it's like. Oh, well, maybe we'll see how it goes. And we've got some more of it out. So bring it back next week. And if it's not quite, oh, just... <laughs> we've got some more of it out. It's not what you want to hear, is it? You that's wanna... not the best start to the day. Um, and then the other news, which I've not told you yet. I am, last night, watching TV, Sunday night, I ate um, 800 calories worth of crisps. Wow. 150 grams of salted crisps. You went deep. Yeah, you know the big packs you get that have a share in? Yeah, yeah. I get a full one of them, and I worked it out that it's six packets of normal-sized crisps. <laughs> so when you go to Subway and they say, do you want a pack of crisps or not, and you go, oh, I'm going to say no because I'm being good, I had six packs of them in a row, essentially. Wow. What flavour? 
just plain salted, but they're wow. weirdly Moorish. But what the, the problem is, I pour them into a dish first, like a cereal <laughs> dish, and I did it in two sittings. It's bad, that, isn't it? I feel like this podcast is turning more into a food podcast rather than a golf podcast, but I think it's all relevant. I uh, Not great this weekend either, with being Valentine's, we had a, we had a chippy tea Thursday night. Yeah. And we well, had... you're the chippy. Don't just brush over that too oh, right. quick. Fish, chips, yeah. gravy, mushy peas. Okay. Oh, really classic. It's very not always... No- very it's northern. It's not always my dish. I sometimes go uh, steak and kidney pudding and curry sauce with chips. Mm-hmm. Controversial. Had a balm cake. Mm-hmm. It was good. Anyway, either way. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we had an Indian Saturday night for Valentine's. Nice. Which obviously day early. Last night, we didn't really want to eat much. We had a McDonald's. Oh, gone off McDonald's me big time. It's the empty calories, isn't it? You have, but you have told me for your Mackey's order, right? It was quite big. Grand Big Mac yeah. with bacon. <laughs> this this annoyed me, right? So drive through. Mm. Claire will hate me talking about stuff like this, but we went through the drive. I went through the drive through. Kids were in bed. I couldn't, couldn't be bothered cooking. It's that's the only problem with weekends at the moment. Certainly because we're in lockdown. It's like there's nothing to get excited about. Everything's quite boring, and so having a bit of a takeaway. That's the problem. That's my or problem. Eating or drinking is something you know. Those t- sort of vices. The only things you can kind of get look you know look forward to at the moment so i went through the drive-thru grand big mac meal with bacon claire had some chicken burger something large meals um mozzarella sticks and chicken select so five chicken strips right get back home dishing it all out they'd only put one box of chips in the <sighs> in the bag as opposed to the two boxes yeah. obviously so either way one of those things. And is that your kind of white monster over there as well? No, that's, uh, that's Matt's. Oh, okay. I thought you'd fall off the wagon. I want you to fall off. Is that bad that I want you to fall off the wagon and join me on the dark side? But then what's really weird, I've worked out loads. So, like, I've been eating terribly, but I've still been trying to exercise. Yeah. I've still been doing my daily walk. So, I feel like I'm offsetting it, but I don't think that can You're not, though. That's forever. the problem, because that's exactly the situation. I mean, I'm doing a bit of running, a lot of walking, and I'll do, like, a really good run and think, oh, that was 450 calories, that. And I've got 800 in crisps. <laughs> So, unfortunately, you can't out-train a bad diet, as they always say. So, new start for me today. Back new on week, it. new you. Back on Subway it. at lunch. A few packs of crisps. But a healthy version yeah, of it. Yeah, that's fair dues. Well, anyway, enough about our eating. Um, but the reason I talk about eating quite a lot is because I'm eating very badly at the minute. And like you alluded to then, you are sometimes. It's because of lockdown, isn't it? And it's like, it's hard. There's not much to look forward to in life so at the minute. And that's a bit grim, but it's true. So every night it's like, I'm looking forward yeah, to that tonight. Exactly. You, you, there are things to look forward to. Literally, once we put the kids to bed, it's like, can we be bothered cooking and doing it? I mean, so a lot of times we do eat with the kids, you know, we'll have an earlier tea. But then other times we just want to not have screaming kids around us when we're eating. So we do end up eating later. And when you eat later, you end up eating worse because you can't be bothered cooking yeah. and this, that, and the other. Um, but anyway, either way. Good news. That was the bad news. It's a negative start. Yes. The good news is today's episode, I've planned this out over the weekend, dedication to the cause, I know. I think today's podcast is one of the best we've probably ever done. Wow. Well, it's got, got the potential to be the best we've okay. done. Topics-wise, we've got... I've touched on you. This is how controversial today's topic is. I had to phone you this morning to make sure you would want to chat about this. <laughs> and at the start, you're like, I'm not sure. So that's that's the level of juice to this gossip. And it's we, not are gossip. We gonna, are we going to save that piece of... Uh, piece well, it of might be, it's probably going to be the title, I'm thinking. Okay. So people are going to be knowing now what's coming. Yeah. Um... Also, we might do some clips for the second channel as well. So if you're not aware of this, we said a couple of times last week and the week before, but we're now filming the podcast, hopefully every single week. And I quite like it sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast and I'll go and watch a few clips yeah, online. Yeah, everybody always look like, obviously people know what you look like. Some people don't know what I look like. I'd probably be totally different to what they expect. A lot better looking or worse looking is probably the case. Um, 
So if you want to head over there, it's at, well, it's not at, it's The Rick Shields Golf Show on YouTube. Yeah, I think we're going to re-kind of jig it a little bit, get a new banner up there. Freshen it up. It was about exactly this time last year when we set it up. Yeah, and we've been a bit inconsistent, for several reasons, obviously, why we've not been filming them all. Yes. Well, even the the origin of the channel, and we've, we mentioned it very, very early doors, it was almost going to be a second channel where we made extra content for it, but then it became the podcast channel, which is what it should be. Yeah. Uh, but now, obviously, we're starting to put clips on there. We're not really putting ever full podcast out, out on there. Um, and some of the clips are doing unbelievably well because they are important topics, and people might not want to listen to an hour and 20-minute podcast, but they want to listen to a six-minute topic about the Tiger Woods documentary, for example. Example. Yeah, well, my what's in the bag at eleven thousand views, so you know. Hashtag Nike, Nike wedges have just gone uh, gone through the roof again. You can't buy them anywhere on eBay now. They're a good wedges. <laughs> I put a thing a thing online saying like, what should I get? Asking people's thoughts and stuff. But the Nike ones, they've got a place in my heart. They really have. If it wasn't for the grooves, the fact they're worn out, I'll be keeping them. Um, so yeah, today's show is going to be jam packed. The first thing I want to come on to though. Or something that I've kind of pinched off other creators, not in golf or such, but in the um, the YouTube world. And it was when you search for, basically asking questions to Google about Rick Shields. So I searched, does Rick Shields, right? And there was one, two, three, four, five, about seven or eight things that came out straight away. Okay. Does Rick Shields. So I'm going to start at the lowest rank one and work my way up. I'm quite nervous about There's this. There's something you probably won't want to answer, but let's see. So... In at number, let me just check again. One, two, eight there is. So, number eight, what shot tracer does Rick Shields use? Honestly, is that... That's number eight on does Rick Shields on Google. So, I use an app called Shot Tracer app. It get, it gets horrendous views on the App Store. Have you ever seen the App Store reviews? What? No, like, no. It's terrible. And I think the reason is because people don't set it up correctly. They don't have it on a tripod or whatever. So I use Shot Tracer app. I also have the MacBook app as well, which is phenomenal. Uh, the guys over there have always looked after me. I think it is a paid app, um, but it is one of the best ones you can get. We get asked that, or you get asked that a lot. But I don't get why people are that bothered if you're not making golf videos. Yeah, why just, I don't why know. do people do it? The only no. thing is that it's, not as, it's not, almost not as automatic as people think it is mm. going to be. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I think people think the app is literally going to be like almost... Um, it wouldn't surprise me if some people thought it might even be a launch monitor. Yeah, that's you know, It almost that, yeah. gives you data where it doesn't. It just draws a line after taking clips from your video and again you've got to use a good phone you've got to have good lighting it's, the camera's got to be stable but yeah shot tracer app so that was number eight okay <laughs> <laughs> in at number seven was um how much does rick shields make a year wow what very very question. personal how are you going to answer that one obviously you're not going to answer it directly but what's going to be uh my gal yeah. I need to answer it like a politician, don't I? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you ask about what <laughs> I uh, what I earn per year because one of the things that I would like to know is um, how many dimples are on a golf ball? And I think, <laughs> I think if you tie those two questions together, you might come up with the answer. Yeah, it's not a question I'd like to answer, but, um, you know... There's a better one, though, coming in a minute that kind of links to that, so I don't want to okay. keep that on there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Next one, number six. Um, what irons does Rick Shields use? Currently, I have... I've got to have to really think then that long even though i've carried them on my back for 14 days in a row uh taylor may p7 mcs so i've had them in the bag now for a while now actually because was that last summer they came out no oh, not the summer i think end of like um, i'm gonna go september I'll have a quick check when the, that was you know when you said then what irons have you got in my head i was thinking of the uh wilson cavity backs. i know i did for a minute it's weird that isn't it and i also thought i did still have the ping eye blades in yeah or blueprints whatever they were called taylor made p7 I want to say September they came out. MCs. 
uh, five months ago. So that would have been uh, 17th of August. All right, that wow. is. A while. I need some new, new irons. Next one. This is very, very relevant with what today's video will be, Tuesday. Okay. What putter does Rick Shields use? Ooh. Currently, ER2 Black. Uh, even roll, ER2 Black. Uh, I've had, again, putter I've had in the bag for a long time. Even if it wasn't the black version, which I put in last year, I had the kind of chrome original version for a couple of years now. I might be rocking on for nearly three years I've had that putter in the you, bag. You've had, this is how I remember it, you've, since I've worked with you, which was October 17, you've had an even roll. You had the silver one, chrome, whatever, yeah, and yeah. now the black. You've oh, never so had, had a different long. one. Yeah, wow. definitely. Um, but I am releasing a video today, again, Tuesday, the 16th of February, where I review a new putter, which I'm saying is almost perfect. Mm-hmm. Or is it the perfect putter? Find out in my review later today what I actually think about it and whether I'll put it in the bag. It's in my bag, that putter. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've got one. like it. Not obviously used it yet, but I've rolled a few in the uh, <laughs> office upstairs with some Pro V ones. It takes me back to being a junior, that getting your clubs out and rolling a couple of balls. In the hallway, in the carpet. Yes, but you know what's really quite worrying at the minute? I'm starting to do yoga. I've only done like a couple of sessions because, really? yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a really good YouTube channel called Yoga with Adriana Adrian. She's a woman and um, she's got nearly 10 million subs. The she's th- absolutely killing it. The thumbnail got you in. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say something horrible then it got no I'm not saying that I was going to say um, but that's it's yeah because this is why I'm doing it my hamstrings my lower back and like my hips are really stiff right I was upstairs I think I had four putts with this new putter my back was killing oh, wow. that's not right for no, a 30 year old person that is it so I really want to get more flexible so that's my okay. mission um, but this is a good question so this is number five I think it is on the list how does Rick Shields make money Mm, interesting question um hustles so, yeah <laughs> um i make money through youtube ad revenue mm-hmm. so youtube is effectively the the well, not the boss but that's youtube is how i make money so i i release videos on there and then through the adsense revenue for every thousand people watch the video, I basically get money from that. And that goes back into the business to pay for staff. We're up to now five members of staff, obviously you being one of them. Matt and Harry are behind the camera right now and also Tim as well. So I'm me, obviously I'm the fifth member of staff. Um, it goes back into production. It goes back into paying wages, but also obviously it's my living as well. So YouTube, Facebook, podcast sponsorships, exterior uh, sponsorships as well which we will come on to later on today uh one of my big partners with garmin um you know and then also i've done things that are what's the right word like appearances or um trying to think of a good example when i've done one like when i did i hosted the open content let's say or did driver versus driver with the golf channel um so they're kind of strands of, of revenue stream as well um i don't coach anymore that's something that i've kind of put on the back burner for the time being never say never. don't say too much on that okay no, i'll tell you when in a sec <laughs> it's one of the next yes <laughs> i don't know why medallica is a big secret then obviously it's one of the next <laughs> like, don't say that one um yeah that's that's what i think i had something else to say then i can't think what it was it was on that oh yeah what it was going to be and um just touching on that youtube and revenue and stuff sometimes and this is absolutely fine people don't understand that youtube youtubers make money off youtube but I sometimes use the example of people. It's like when you get a free magazine or a free local newspaper, there's adverts in there that obviously are paying for that piece of content to be produced. It's the same on YouTube. You might watch a, a short advert before a video, and that's how they create a, 
makes money. I think that's the one thing that confuses some people who maybe don't know how the YouTube model works. They don't understand why I'm making a piece of content for free. Yeah. They watch it for free and they presume I make that money from the brand yeah. as opposed to being YouTube. Yeah. Where they, so, well, no way did you make that video as a tailor-made review, let's say, and tailor-made didn't pay you. Well, tailor-made didn't pay me. I made that money through a really good piece of content that goes out, gets gets distributed worldwide um and then that's how they make the money for the and adverts on that if you don't like ads this is the this is how much you have to decide if you don't like adverts because some people moan about the adverts which i kind of get you can pay for advert free youtube yeah. premium which i do pay for and it's 15 quid a month now that comes out your bank every month it's not, it's not only 15 quid but it's like a oh, flipping heck but i hate watching ads and i watch a lot of youtube so it's, yeah. a, it's, it's one of those things if you if you really despise the adverts that well, you can pay to get rid of them but it's do you want to pay 15 yeah, pound every exactly. month depends how much you watch and the benefit of that, you can watch or listen to YouTube with the app closed. That is a good benefit, to be fair. You can swipe up on that. Yeah, I do a lot. Um, this one you won't want to be too specific on, I'm guessing, but where does Rick Shields live? Uh, northwest England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is whoever's... this. So I'm guessing, I think but, how... But I'll tell you what's really interesting on that. Recently, when I've been going out on my walk, certainly nearby, the amount of people that have like, stopped and gone, are you Rick Shields? I'm like, yeah. What are you doing around here? Oh, yeah. I, I live around here. <laughs> and they're like, never knew that I lived in certain place. So I'm guessing the reason these are in this order is because of how commonly asked. Okay. Now, I can't believe this is number two. Because okay. people are asking this question. Don't watch the videos, clearly. You ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> Almost obscene. Does Rick Shields play on the PJ Tour? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was a question I got asked recently. My wires are all... What am I doing? Your today? wires are really working me up today. They're all around your feet. and just Any minute you're going to pull everything out. Um, one <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> a bit of yoga there for you. Um, I don't play on the PJ Tour. I don't play on the European Tour. I don't play on any tour whatsoever because I'm nowhere near good enough. It's a question I got asked recently on my live video as well. I did on YouTube. Why not on tour? It's, it's not. It would have been a goal of 11 year old up to probably about 15 year old Rick Shields. Mm-hmm. But probably when I got to college, we spoke about it recently on the podcast when we were out on the golf course last week walking around. Um, it was at that point when I realised I was nowhere near good enough when I started to see other players and went, nah, that's not me. I still wanted to play as a professional potentially, but I, you really do need different level of dedication well, and talent. We're going to come on to a really good question today, dear Rick, so that's, that's okay, there. But also, right. actually just touching on that, I forgot to mention this at the start of the show, you, you alluded to it then, was the last podcast, the bonus podcast. So today's, as we're speaking now, I think is number... 61. 61. So number 60, you may have not kind of realised where that one was. It was last week on the bonus podcast on Thursday where we were ro- walking around the golf course for your um, Walk 18. It's had a really good reception. Yeah, have yeah, you seen the, done well, hasn't it? The numbers are really strong, but the amount of comments people said, because I was quite conscious that there was literally no structure to it. And we went out walking, the audio wasn't fantastic, our clubs were clanging. But the feedback yeah. has been class. I think I think it, it summarised almost exactly why I'm doing that walk 18. It did. Because it was exactly the sort of nonsense you talk about with your mates when you're out playing golf. And unless we recorded that, and this is always an interesting one for me, if we hadn't, if we hadn't recorded that and got in the car park or the day later and said, what did we talk about yesterday? We'd have no idea what we spoke about. But we spoke for an hour, and like I say, out on the golf course, you speak for four hours. The amount of times I play with mates, and uh, Claire might know him, and Claire knows the, the partners and stuff. She goes, 
so what did you all talk about? I'm like, Dunno. no idea. Yeah, we spoke for four hours, but I have no idea what we what we spoke about. But I loved every minute of it. Well, we had a really good email off a guy called Dean, who's an English bloke but lives in America, and that's exactly what he said. He said he loved the bonus podcast. He's in the clubhouse, which means he listens to every episode, which is perfect. It was minus seventeen degrees Celsius. And he went out for a walk, and that was him, a little selfie there. Wow. Um, just a really nice that. email to say that he really enjoyed it. He's a Leeds United fan, so as a fake Manchester United fan, you should have a real hatred yeah, towards yeah. Dean. Oh, yeah. Should I? Yeah, you should oh, have. Okay. From, from the early 2000s, I think it was. <laughs> Harry, Harry will tell us more about that, I think, but yeah, I think you should hate him. But so, I really like Harry, Harry Kuhl and um, Alan Smith, was he called? Yeah, good, good. So it's like <laughs> Lee Bowyer. Uh, was he? Was he? I'd say, oh, good, yeah. Really good. Because Lee Bowyer did that famous, like, was it a free kick or a shot where it hit, like, the crossbar and bounced? Bounced in. Well, no. It was Bowie. Who was that? Yeboa. Oh, Yeboa. I'm thinking of Lee Bowie. Was, right, was Lee yeah. Bowie on another fight for Newcastle against Kieran Dyer? <laughs> so we're just yeah. asking our football um, expert here. So sorry, everyone. Rick learnt new football's name for the weekend. <laughs> going to say. <laughs> um, and then the final question, and a bit of a bland one for the top answer, for the top uh, most asked one, but was does Rick Shields do golf lessons? Oh, that is a bit of a bland one. Could have gone much more than that. Um, so. Obviously, I coached for many, many years. I, I turned professional when I was two, in 2008. So I was coaching for 12 years or so. And then last summer, obviously, with everything going on and you couldn't coach, I kind of had to make a bit of a decision about which direction I wanted to go in. At the moment, coaching's on the back burner. I moved away from golf, Lytham, golf, uh, what Lytham Golf Academy. <laughs> moved away from there for a long time ago. But Prairie Sports Village, we did a video about it. And um, at the moment, coaching's on the back burner. I still really love it. I'm still very passionate about it. I still want to help golfers around the world. But just from a business standpoint right now, it's not quite where I need to be. So stay tuned. It may happen again in the future. That was fun, wasn't it? Really Enjoy fun. That. Well, maybe we'll do it another time as well. We can find like a because that was does Rick Shields, and I was thinking I tried different variations of like yeah, I was gonna say. why does Rick Shields or can Rick Shields or something. We'll try some more of those maybe next week or the week after. Well, it's funny what I've not brought on, and, and we've talked about it twice already today, and I've got it down here waiting. Oh yeah, we spoke about food, mm-hmm. and we've talked about YouTube. Yeah, well, YouTube sent me this this week, so I wanted to give some of it. Whether it's live, you eat, you'd have to eat it live, obviously. They sent me a cookie. You see the size oh, of this? I thing? saw this, but. Oh, wow. I've had, I've had half of it, by the way. I'll just show the camera that. That's nice. On that one. So they sent me a massive cookie. It said, you had me at subscribe. <laughs> We've had about two-thirds of it. But I thought I'd bring it today with a knife, and we can have a little chop later on. And, and yeah, I'm looking eat, forward to that. some cookie. Um, so we're going to come on to the juicy stuff in a little bit still. I'm saving that for, like, the main course. These I feel like we're still, we're still very much... Uh, what about appetizer? Let's, let's move into the starter, and we'll leave the real juice for main course. Okay. Um, what are we going to talk about? Well, I've got a really good Dear Rick for you. Okay. And I want to come at it from two angles. I know it's Dear Rick, but I've got an opinion on this, which I've kind of had time to think about, whereas you're coming, you don't know what I'm going to ask you. Okay. So it's hard for you sometimes because you've got to kind of answer off the cuff. There's a part of it I think you'll have a really good answer for, and then I'll say my bit, and I think you'll also come in on the back of that. It'll make sense. Um, so it's from a young guy. Um, I'm just going to call him, well, his name is Josh, but I won't say his surname because I don't kind of know if he wants it to be anonymous or not. Um, I, did, I did email him back and say, we're going to read this out, but I'll keep you anonymous unless you want me to say your name. He didn't respond to that bit, so I won't give his full name. But it's really short and snappy, but I think it's um, something that a lot of people will hopefully benefit from. So it says, becoming a tour pro, dear Rick. I recently turned 16 and I'm currently playing off an 11 handicap and I aspire to become a tour pro. I know that being off an 11 handicap at 16 will make a lot of people immediately say that there's no way of becoming a tour pro. But I've set a goal to become a three handicap by October the 1st. The weakest part of my game is within 100 yards, pitching, chipping and putting. 
how do I improve this? How do I get down to three? And any tips on um, drills, etc., would really help. So I was thinking initially, your massive forte is tips, drills, etc., from 100 yards and in. We want to cover that first. And then I've got a little angle, and then I think oh, I want you to bounce in off the back of it because I think you'll be able to expand on that massively. Okay. So first off, Josh, being 16 and being off 11, obviously you, you're right in saying that if, if you said that to a lot of people, I would say the majority of people would say you've got no chance mm-hmm. of making out on yeah. tour. That's just because of perception. When you look at, like, we talk, spoke about it last week, like Tiger Woods coming through the ranks. At 16, he probably won x amount of events and all you know it's crazy when you look at the youth and the talent that there is available um so let's we'll break it down into short game first i think that one of the big things when you're practicing short game and and working on 100 yards and in you've got to make it very much pressure based so you look at someone like um francesco molinari who had a really interesting weekend um he topped a shot and then also got a, a, a violation on a rules violation and weirdly his rules violation was from the guy who I'm just going to talk about. So James Ridgard, yeah, who is um, Francesco Molinari's coach, short game coach, but also this week at the AT&T acted as caddy. One of the shots actually stood behind Francesco Molinari while he was in a bunker, and you're not allowed to stand directly behind the line, but to coach, that's quite a natural place to stand. Yeah. Somebody phoned in on, after seeing it on TV, and Francesco Molinari ended up getting a two-shot penalty. But either way, why I bring that subject up because I find it really interesting. Whenever I see those two working together, share a bit on social media, it's always really game based mm-hmm. and always really pushing the the uh, idea of, of difficulty level. So it'll never just be stood in the bunker on a perfectly flat lie playing to a perfect yeah in a flag. standard shot. He'll mix it up where the bunk, the ball is plugged in the face and he's got an awkward stance. He's got to get to a really tight pin. But then the very next shot, his ball might be out of the bunker, but he's got to be stood in the bunker. And it, it, so it's like real golf, isn't it, real, essentially? Real, real golf. Yeah. And learning those skills, not from a technical standpoint. I'm sure they do work on technique from a sole, uh, let's video on camera and making sure everything's perfect. But after that, it's all gameplay. It's all really kind of manipulated gameplay, which makes it very interesting. So when, like say, he's out on the golf course, he's learned into the, to adapt to those situations so i think that's really important don't get bogged down in in just soul what i would class as block practice block practice you stood on one position you're hitting 100 golf balls in the same location it's almost like technique i guess that more than actually practice yeah isn't it? and there's there's an element of that yeah and you do need a bit of that but then break away and get into much more of a game scenario where you're trying to really test yourself and if you really want to get down to, to three handicap in october that's what you've got to get really good at it's not stood on driving range hitting perfect 100 yard shots on a perfect flat lie it's been in situations and testing yourself under pressure so when you get out on the golf course and you've got to perform for the next 10 months whatever it's going to be till the 1st of October you have got a massive advantage against the golf course because that's what you're kind of getting yourself ready for yeah so that's the kind of short game side of it um and then going back to this kind of question 11 year old and I know you've got some sorry 16 off 11 16 year old playing off 11 handicap there are obviously probably I would say that the, the stats are stacked against you if you were just to take it on paper, but you look at a lot of professionals have actually came into the game much, much later. Like there's a lot of golf yeah. professionals who actually, you know, someone like an Ian Poulter was off four when he was 18, when he did his PGA training, ended up becoming a PGA professional. Obviously you look at someone like Colin Montgomery, one of the famous ones, he only started really playing golf seriously when he was 18 years old. And I'm sure there's many more examples as well. Um, so it's never, 
you're never going to make it. But the next two or three years are really important. Yeah, and that's because obviously I grew up in the gender junior golf team, as did you. And I was lucky enough to play with some golfers who've gone on to be on tour. And I've also known or known of players who were the next big thing who didn't go on to make it. So I think you've answered that question perfectly about how he could get his short game. You know, how could he improve that? Basically, in a long story short, is practice more real shots, isn't it? But I actually took some time, as you probably tell from this answer now, over the weekend to think about this. Because, again, it, it's something that resonates with me as a junior at the age of 16. Being a golfer was my absolute ambition, which obviously I didn't didn't fulfil. But a couple of questions I wanted to ask him or put towards him was, he said he's 16 is off 11. If he's been playing since he was four, that might not be that impressive. If he's been playing for a year, for two years, that could be... He may have only picked up clubs in lockdown, for example. And, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios, so... Your handicap isn't always the be-all and end-all, because it doesn't give us enough insight into how talented he actually is. Equally, you know, there could be a guy now, and there will be, who are 16 off plus 2, off plus 3, or even off plus 4. That's fantastic. But if a 16-year-old who's off plus 4 stops improving, that's not good enough to get on tour. Whereas equally, if Josh improves every year by three or four shots for the next five, six years, he could be, well, you know, whatever it might be, more than that, but he might be good enough to get on tour. So handicap alone isn't really the be-all and end-all. That's the first thing I'd say. But another thing, and this, you know, just, just some examples was, you might remember this, there was a guy who was 16, I think, who played in the PJ Tour called Ty Tryon in like the early 2000s. I remember that name. Who was meant to be the absolute next big thing and didn't massively fulfil what he was due to do. And on the other side of the coin, I have known golfers who weren't amazing juniors but then have gone on to make a career in golf and one example actually you might know tom murray who's andrew yeah, murray's yeah. son yep. i remember as a junior i was low enough handicap to enter the faldo series which was obviously the nick faldo kind of where all the big guys were playing all the good juniors but i was never low enough to get through the ballot so there was one year at heaton park in manchester they had a, a competition for people that were low enough but not low enough to get in the ballot and one person who won each age group got like through and i was heard of tom murray so at the time, he was obviously a good junior, but he wasn't amazing. He wasn't even good enough to get into the Faldo series straight off. And I played with him, and his dad, Andrew Murray, who's won on the European Tour, walked around with us. And, I, and he played quite well, Tom, and he actually got through. But I think, again, he was a bit older than me. He was off about four or five. He wasn't great, but he's since gone on to play on the European Tour. He's won on the Challenge Tour. So that, you know, it can still happen. But another thing, and then obviously I want you to jump in as well here, but would be it's hard like, to think, think like at 16, but he wants to have a dream and have a goal and have ambition do that you know focus on the pga tour the european tour because you know it's good to have a dream and ambition at such a young age but also you should look at golf a bit more holistically and think right my goal at the top of the pyramid is to be a european tour player but also i'd love to just work in golf so i would like to be a, a club pro with an amazing fitting business or an amazing coaching business do i want to be a golf content creator do you want to be a sales rep for TaylorMade, for Ping, for Callaway? So don't just see it that it's either that or nothing. There's other avenues in golf that could be an amazing career, and I'd like to think I'm, I'm lucky enough to have done that. I wanted to be a player. I was nowhere near good enough, but now working golf. And then lastly on this, and this is, again, it's quite hard to think about when you're only 16, but if he's 11 handicap at 16, he's a very good player. So there's two things to think about. Firstly, you're going to be better than most of your mates who will also probably end up playing golf the next five, ten years. So you've already got a great standard, which is good. You'll be thankful for that. But also, you can be playing with a lot of gents at the golf club, males or females who are business people who've got um, good connections and stuff like that. So we should also think about, and again, it's hard, but just learning from adults, social skills, conversation skills, get to, you know, he might leave school and, and get offered a job by an amazing guy at his golf club who's a businessman because he knows how much of a nice lad he is and stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of other benefits of being a good junior golfer than having to get on tour or not. 
I think you rounded that up really nicely. And, and that's the things that potentially people don't always look past, like you say. And I think, you again, you addressed it brilliantly. You've got this goal at the very top of the tree, and that's what you're aiming for. And I understand this very much one-track mind. And if you f- take your mind and you focus off that, you might slip up. But just have this in mind that golf is a fantastic sport. And if you don't quite reach into tour, like Guy mentioned, there's so many different ways you can filter down into the world of golf yeah. and, be, and still be. I, I'm blessed I get to put on my golf shoes every day and, and call this my job, you mm-hmm. know. And as much as my, my career, my job's kind of taken a, a completely different path than what I fully expected, um, be open-minded to change as well because, you know, it is, it is an opportunity. And, and hopefully... Josh continues and pushes hard and and does reach his goals, whatever that may be. But also, there's lots of PJ pros who have made it on tour, lasted a year and then yeah. kind of vanished and now don't work in golf at all. So because they might not have taken any more interest in other aspects of golf. Um, so I think sometimes when when tour players don't get on tour, I've seen it loads of times before. They almost look down on teaching people. Yeah. They don't see it as their job. They like it's like oh, I have to now go and I've teach got, yeah. somebody where if you actually almost create a passion for that in the background, if you don't make it on tour, at least you can jump out and go, well, I've still got a passion in yeah, this. Yeah. I actually really like helping you know golfers get better in whatever that way that may be. So yeah, think of it, Josh, and hopefully you'll remember this chat from the Richfield's Golf Show podcast. And uh, when you pick up that green jacket, you'll uh, give us a little name drop. Exactly. And that's the thing, though. There's also, as I said, there's a lot of exciting jobs in golf. You know, every brand has got salespeople, marketing people, custom fitters. Um, you know, people that work in the R and D teams in the states. People like Chris Trot works for TaylorMade, who's literally his job is to literally work with Rory and Dustin Johnson and build golf clubs for them. So, but ultimately, without being rude, all these people we're mentioning are all essentially failed tour pros. Yeah. We all wanted to be tour pros, yeah, didn't yeah. we? None of us At have done point, it, or very yeah. few of us have done it. So, yeah. Um, should we get onto the main course? Are we going now? Well, it's up to you. We can do. I've got some good Facebook questions we can do first. Or <laughs> no, can... go on. Let's go main course. So, um, I don't know, how do you want to, pro- how do you want to approach, I'm nervous, apprehensive, I'm nervous. and I know it's going to be probably be a uh, YouTube video as well, this little clip, so. Well, let's start off by mentioning something we mentioned before. So, I've always been very, very selective with my partners. Yeah. I've always, for, for all the time I've ever been involved in YouTube, YouTube and, and to be fair, fair in, in golf in general, I've always been very selective about partners. I've only ever worked with people that I'm, I like. Mm-hmm. A fond of the brand, fond of the the product, um, and kind of my alignment, my brand alignment, and my personal alignment aligns with their brands. And over the last four years, I've been super lucky to be sponsored by Nike. It's been no surprise. It's been no secret. Uh, was it 2017? I signed with Nike. It was, and I believe because again, I know we don't. I worked at Nike. Everyone always likes to take the mick out of that. But I was at Nike, which is that I've got this insight because I was there. I was in the conversations when you got signed. I was going to say when we signed you. Still have that hat on, but when Nike signed you. And I think, if my memory serves me correctly, it was announced on, I think, the 3rd of January because I think the 2nd is when it was Jason Day was announced and possibly Brooks Kepka. So, and even a bit of backstory behind that, even probably before, well, definitely before that, 2015 and even 2016, I had conversations with Nike and they wanted to sign me as a clothing, you know, brand ambassador. And at the time, they still made golf equipment. And I was super passionate about, no, I'm not going to sign with anyone that has a golfing brand. I just don't see how it can come across as being impartial. So when Nike came out of making golf clubs in August 2016, back in the 2016, Nike reached out and said, we'd love to now potentially have a 
chat with you at the time i was wearing under armor and i was like okay let's chat so the chat was good and it came out really well and at the start of 2017 i signed head-to-toe deal with nike it's a paid sponsorship and it has been now for the last four years and i say has been because mm. things have changed things have changed and i want to kind of address it on the podcast and we might do a main youtube video about it we don't know yet but this will also be out on youtube from the 1st of January 2021, my um, relationship with Nike has now ended. Yes. And it ended professionally. Allow me to explain. So pretty much all the years that I've been signed with Nike, and I'm kind of saying it to you, but I'm also saying obviously to the audience, it was a very clean brand partnership. Mm-hmm. They paid me. They sent me product. I wore the product. I had great opportunity to work with Jason Day, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood. We had an amazing project lined up for the back end of last year. Yeah. Which, if it would have come off, it would have been outrageous. And it was pretty much just only COVID that stopped that from happening, wasn't it? There was no other reason. We teased it in the podcast. We'd be doing something with a super famous Can footballer. we just say it was now? Because I think we can. Or do you want to? Uh, yeah, we, we were supposed to be doing a video with Harry Kane. Yeah, who's England footballer captain. England captain at Tottenham, Tottenham. Hotspur. And... T-Dog, Tiger Woods. We were supposed to be doing a video with Harry Kane and Tiger Woods. And obviously, mega excited. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I remember seeing the document come through on my emails like, what (laughs) like how is this even real life and we had loads of great conversations about it It it's going to take place down at at tottenham's stadium and they've got a putting green there and everything else but obviously with covid it didn't kind of come into fruition which was such a shame but the partnership has always been really good it's always been super professional they've never really asked anything from me more than just be wearing the products and well, can i just jump in there because yeah, yeah. i was at nike again when they signed you and and really the conversations i was in was they wanted 
they liked what you were doing in terms of the content creation. I think at the time you would have had around just under 200,000 subscribers, which sounds like nothing now, yeah. but was massive at the time, obviously. They wanted basically you to wear the apparel and um, be aligned to their brand. They liked what you were doing so much. They wanted you to just be aligned to Nike. And in terms of your output, they didn't really want a massive amount from you. It was worthy apparel in your videos, obviously, which you would clearly wanted to do anyway. They had an event lined up in London. I think it was in the July with, again, as you alluded to, um, I was going to say Tiger Woods. It wasn't Tiger Woods. Roy McIlroy and Jason Day, possibly the next best thing to Tiger Woods, yeah, yeah. where you sat down. A lot of people haven't seen this video. So we might insert a clip somewhere here of you interviewing them both, yeah. um, which you did a great job of. Again, I was there. Um so things like that was a dream for you, wasn't yeah, it, yeah. really? And then in the last couple of years, you've all done the amazing video with Tommy. We went to Dubai and played a one-club challenge with Tommy Fleetwood. But in terms of roundabout way, in terms of for the viewer, it's been of no hindrance to the viewer because you've worn Nike apparel, which you've been paid to do, which you've always been clear about. But it's not like you haven't pushed it down people's throats at all. That's been quite just a simple relationship, hasn't it? And, and that's how I wanted to keep it. And that was something I was always super passionate about. And when I, when I have signed with brands, it's something I'm always very wary of. Mm-hmm. You know, when I sign with Garmin, I, I wear the product. I'll do a couple of in, inserts on videos throughout the year but generally it's it's i'm not pushing sales mm. i'm not a salesman i'm a effectively a, a model whoever's <laughs> <But laughs> <laughs> editing this let's get a picture of rick and then brad pitt next to him so effectively i'm a model and that was what i was doing for the last four years and, I, and i've really enjoyed it but things have changed mm-hmm. nike strategy has changed massively and that's a big thing this isn't personal to you is it just want to get that in that this is how Nike are working with creators, influencers, for want of a better phrase, yeah. etc. It's not just you. And I, I've absolutely loved working with Nike. And start of or the end of last year, they put a, a new deal down. Mm-hmm. So again, I want to make that very clear. They want to continue the, the relationship. As did we initially? Didn't yeah, we? yeah. How did you? So they put a deal down, and they explained that the conditions had changed slightly, and it was now going to be a bit more pay to post. Yes. Is that the right kind of description it, it, it for was, it? Again, rather than being a fee for y- per year to wear their product, it was going to be like much more of an affiliation. So it was still a- an ambassador of the brand, but you would make money from posting a new pair of shoes and saying, got my new Nike shoes or whatever. If you want to buy a pair, click this link before. Yeah. Below, sorry. And then you would get a percentage of that. Now, that in itself isn't a bad thing because occasionally people might see this and go, oh, yeah, that's, I want to actually have a look at them in more depth and click a link and look at them and read upon them. But it's essentially pushing down people's throat a little bit too much, yeah. isn't it? And, and, I, and I, you know, I've always really, really, and I, hopefully this has always come out in videos, etc. really respected my relationship with my audience. Yes. Like, unbelievably. Like, I think it's one of the most important strands of my business model that this relationship that I have with my audience is not only transparent, it's honest, but it's also trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And as much as I absolutely love the Nike apparel, as you can see, I'm still wearing it now. I don't want to feel like I'm needing to push product down people's throats. Mm -hmm. If people like what I'm wearing and they want to go and buy it, feel free. Yeah. So for me, their model had changed a little bit too much for my liking. And it was like, I just don't know if that's where I want to go with life. I don't know if that's, I don't want to become somebody who every other post I'm posting about Nike products. Swipe up to buy here, Because I feel like that's going to influence what I post. And I I don't want that to influence what I post. You know, if I'm, if I'm, 
if I get a new pair of shoes and I, I like them and I want to share them, I'll share them. Yeah. But like I say, you've seen me in head to toe for Nike for the last four years. And as we are right recording video now, nothing changes. Yeah. I will still be wearing Nike head to toe, not only because I've got a shed load of the product, <laughs> I've also been out and bought more of the products. They actually wanted to give me more product to and wear. And you bought it yourself, didn't you? They you wanted to give me product to wear, but I just thought, let's just keep this clean at the moment yeah. because I just, I don't want it again to be, you know, messy. So I went out and I bought products um, because I do love the brand. And I think that I don't want anybody to ever get that confused. Every time I've worn Nike products, I love the, the trainers, the jumpers, the hats, whatever they've, they've produced. I've loved all of it. So for me to go out and buy it, obviously it's costing me money, but it's like I'm passionate about that brand. So I just want to make this very open. I wanted to make it very clear that, that the, even though the partnership has right now at the moment in time, it hasn't continued it's i thank nike they've been amazing supporters of the channel they've been amazing for what they've done just their model has changed for influencers yeah and it doesn't fit in with what i want from being a being a influencer <laughs> no and i think what you said there's key there's nothing worse well it's not worse not the end of the world but when a golfer let's say they're signed by a brand to use their clubs and the deal ends and straight away using other brands because it kind of makes you think, think like well, obviously, so let's just say, for example, I was sponsored by TaylorMade and he had everything TaylorMade and my deal ended on December 31st and on the 1st of January, I was now using Mizuno Wyans, Pro V1, whatever driver. Which we've seen a lot. Which we've seen. It kind of makes you think, well, actually, Guy Charnock, you were sponsored to use those clubs straight away you've swapped. Obviously, shows you didn't think they're that good and you should use them because you're getting paid, which we all know to some degree. But the fact that, like you've said at the start, you like Nike product, you like Garmin product, who you are, you are obviously sponsored to use as well. But the fact that you want to continue to wear Nike proves that you thought it was really good, if not the best, the best stuff anyway. So it actually means that your partnership's going forward. People can see how authentic they are, can't they? They're not just using stuff because you're getting paid, basically. Exactly. And and, and I've always liked the, the partnership in the fact that they are the number one sports brand in the world. And I've always wanted to pitch position myself as the number one golf channel in the world. And that, those kind of morals and things have always been a really nice crossover. They, they support the biggest athletes in the world with Tiger, Rory, and everyone else they work with. Um, so like I say, at the moment, I am a non-contract. So I can wear what I want. Yeah, but I'll probably still keep wearing Nike. But I might wear different things. I tell you what, it might really open the door of. Go on, and I think we should potentially tell you out now. Say. Merch. Mm. So there's been a lot of ask about merchandise, about me selling merchandise, and I've always shied away from it for a number of reasons. But one of the big ones is under my contract, effectively, I couldn't sell products that also Nike sold. Yeah, so I couldn't sell a hat or I couldn't sell a, a towel or whatever it may be. Well, those rules now no longer exist. So, we might look at doing some merch. If you're excited about that, let us know. Yeah. Um, and, and then also, on top of that, you know, I might might be wearing different brands. Um, I'm not saying that I will never sign with a, another clothing brand. You know, who knows what will happen in the future. Um, Just con- free? Contact, Just... contact Guy, any brands. Yeah. But no, we have had some loose thoughts with some brands. But like I say, at the moment, I'm free and still continue to wear Nike. But at the moment, as of 2021... Rick Shields and Nike Golf have parted ways professionally. Nice. Um, I think that was good little... That's obviously should be a little video we'll probably put on the second channel. So if you want to... Obviously, listen to this now. If you want to see Rick's what expressions and what he's wearing, <laughs> head to toe in Nike. <laughs> head to toe in Hugo Boss or something. Um, I've had a good little nightmare golf story this okay. week. So, um, again... I don't know if we said email address enough. People probably do know listen a lot. But if you want to send your nightmare golf story or anything to us, it's simply podcast at rickshields.com. 
trying to reply to as many emails as we can get as we, as we get but it's hard sometimes but some of them are really good um so this nightmare golf story goes something along the lines of it's quite long-winded but basically um in fact i'll read it all okay i was just going to cut to the chase but as also I keep moving on this couch it sounds like i'm trumping but i'm not it's just a leather on my jeans but um hi guy and rick i've been a podcast listener since episode one and the bits I love most are when you reminisce about when you were junior golfers. Okay. I also look back on those days as being among the best days of my life, spending the morning till uh, evening, having put in comps, playing snooker, eating chips and drinking pints of blackcurrant cordial with water because they were only 25p. I feel like all junior... It's certainly when we were growing up, every junior golfer literally did the yeah. same, didn't they? No smartphones. It was the best. Five channels on the TV. Um, it was the best. Cheap drinks, chips... I had a lot of chips at that age, did you? Yeah, lots, hell of a lot of chips. Lots. Still do, but I, I, I know I'm, I'm complaining <laughs> at the start of the show that like I only got one po- box of chips from McDonald's <laughs> and I had a chippy on Thursday. Occasionally, we actually would play golf as well. And the nightmare golf that I wanted to share was from now, around 1994 when me and my two mates were about 14 years old and playing together in a Sunday comp. We were all low handic- well, low to mid-teen handicappers, so de- decent enough handicappers to be able to play in the men's comp, but in the two-sweep, which I'm sure you know, meant that for an extra quid on the entry fee, you'd be in with a chance to win a few more golf balls. Um, when I used to play in these comps, it was always money in your account, but I've seen some other clubs, it's balls, isn't it? Always like, balls, yeah. Like. Was it? Yeah, so, oh. you, so you could take the money, but you'd have to buy balls with it. Oh, okay. You couldn't buy anything else. Oh, that's interesting. I was, you could go for anything in the shop. Anyway, on the third hole, a tricky par three at Ramsey Golf Club in the Alaman, my mate Radar, we've been, is that when we've been to Ramsey? I was going to say. We've been to, it wasn't the one, it was... Did we only go to one golf course? No, we went to we two. There? We went with one that was on the coast, it went dark, and there was that really hilly one where uh, you and Eric did speed I golf. I think it might have been Ramsey. Uh, my mate Radar hit a lovely eight iron, which landed perfectly on the green, it rolled up, uh, and went straight in the hole for a hole in one. It was the first any of us had ever made, and we were literally all jumping around for joy. Better still, a hole in one automatically won you half the golf ball in the two sweep. That won all the golf balls ah, did in the two sweep, yeah. Um, so he was going to win about 50 brand new balls, which as a junior was unbelievable. So 1994, one of the ball would, have been, would it have been Tor Bellata, potentially the top ball? It would have been, yeah, definitely, um, around that era. Tor Prestige or something yeah. like that. So really soft backspin comps, etc. Uh, we carried on uh, with our round, but the golfing gods had other plans. By the seventh hole, the weather had turned for the worst, and by the ninth, it was raining heavier than we'd played in than we'd ever played in before. When we got to the tenth, there was standing water on the green, making it totally unplayable. And with the conditions worsening, the comp was abandoned. Radar's hole in one would count for nothing, and those new golf balls that he should have had from the two sweep stayed in the pro shop, out of reach. Needless to say, he was devastated and not even a 25p cordial could cheer him up. Keep up the great work, Graham. Ouch. Now, you've got a weird theory that I don't like that that doesn't count, haven't you? All you've heard doesn't count because the comp wasn't finished. What was that rule you said to me that time? There's, there's something about holding ones. I saw something you posted on the on the uh, group this today about holding one on a, on a hundred oh, yeah. hole. I don't think that's official. <sighs> I'm sure. Let me check. Holding one rules. Like, I'm sure there's something on the lines of you have to finish a round for it to be complete. I don't, I don't get that. Holding one rules. Let's see if there is any. Go for the, 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 however. I don't count things. If it's your second shot, doesn't count no. at all. Even if you're an inch ahead of the team markers, doesn't count in my opinion because you've not played by the rules. Um, 21 times a holding one absolutely doesn't count. After a mulligan, yeah. yeah. After a penalty shot, yeah. 
multiple attempts yet. So that's the I've done none it before, of the yeah, and and loads of other creators have done it. Hole in one attempt, and unless you literally get on it on your the first, first attempt, it's not a hole in one. It's just a good clickbait title uh, on a par three course. Yeah, I've had one on a par three course. Apparently I don't count. Something. Yeah, I don't yeah. count it. To be fair, see, I'd, I've had three round where I used to play. Yeah. I don't count them, but they're dead, dead the small. Tempe Green. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Because a huge holes often as in well. a golf simulator. No, you don't no count way. That at all. A scramble. Oh, if you tee off first. Oh no, my, I don't know actually. Well, don't. Yeah, apparently Lord buys it. It's not. It's not because it, it's not. It's like a fun format. It's not you could get information off the player potentially. Don't um, when you play an odd number of holes, play three holes and make all one one. And then play. What? That's not right. No. Um, signing incorrect card. Oh, so if you get disqualified, if if you sign an incorrect card. It's not a hole-in-one. Depends on how we class this, though. I would say that lad, as Radar, had a hole-in-one. When you're not keeping score. <laughs> Apparently, that's not a hole-in-one. Um, I'm not a fan of these. Wrong team markers, borrowed clubs. Yeah, if you borrowed clubs, it's not one. Uh, using a legal club. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes sense. Ground, yeah. It doesn't say about completing the round, though, I must admit, but that was just a... That was just a... Well, it must, because if you play a nine-hole comp, which are now official for handicap, and you've got a hole-in-one on the eighth, for example, and you play in the ninth and you come in, it, you, you can't not count. You've played a hole-in-one shot. I always think with a hole-in-one, when people sometimes put them on the Facebook group and say, does this count? If you're asking the question, you know it doesn't count. If there's some element of doubt, it doesn't count. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, hole-in-ones are rare, even though skilled... Uh, trying to get some stats now, but yeah, I, th- there are some rules around it. There, there's, it's not just as black and white as if you get the hole in one shot, it's a hole in one because I think it does depend on hole length, what what type of format you're playing, and things like that. How far in are we now? Because I've got a couple forty nine. Okay, well I've got a couple of um, quite good Facebook questions. I've actually screenshot them today, so I'm ready to go. Go for it. Possibly, as as often happens with this, there was loads of uh, people comment on the Facebook group. If you're not a member of the Facebook group, go onto Facebook, search for the Rick Shields Golf Show Podcast. It's a group. There's 53,000 members now or something. It's really good. Very active at the minute, which is nice. Did, you, know, of, did you notice the post that someone asked, do, do people listen to the podcast if you're in the group? Yeah, quite a lot said no, didn't they? Which yeah, is weird. Really interesting. Um, they just basically saw Rick Shields and just joined yeah, it. Which is, I like that, because people might then start listening. But also, it sometimes frustrates me, and the hardcore listeners will know, if people, say today we speak about your McDonald's fries, someone puts a silly picture in, and other people moan about it and yeah. say, this is a golf group. Well, it is, but it's about the podcast. Yeah. So there's an element of tomfoolery that goes on in there. However, we've as said now, there's no more dairy, dairy milk egg no. bar pictures. There was one I let in yesterday. Did you see that one? I did. That was a good one. That, that was good. That was, he had, a guy had um, been bought five for his wife for Valentine's Day. Quick one, though. Beans on toast. Yeah. I made it this weekend. <laughs> Christ. Massive failure. Really? Honestly, I've never done it worse in my life. And it made me question how have I ever done it in the past. So, <laughs> I actually took a picture. Oh, Christ. Let me show you. This looks horrible. I, I was going to oh, share it. Can but... I just judge it? So, well, if, you, if you're wondering how bad our content's gone, I'm now going to judge a picture of Rick's beans on toast. When was it? Um, yep, let me see. I've had so bad this weekend. I know, you're giving it all this Mr. I know, health. I know. It comes down to it. You know, just like I, me. I feel like I'm walking so far, but I... Too, right, are you ready? All right, let's have a look. It's not good. Oh, Christ. It's in a heart shape on purpose. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to do that. You've got one piece of bread, or is it two? It, it, it is two. 
It's a really, I've really messed it up. Oh, God. <laughs> really so you've gone for two pieces of bread on top of each other, a mountain of beans, a lot of beans. Yeah, and there's also a, that, that's it, look at that stray bit of juice on the side there. That's pathetic, that. Three out of ten. So, Let's try harder. So basically what I did, and it was going to look really pretty, I went for I went for looks. Yeah. So two pieces of bread, toasted, obviously. But why not have them separate, like, so there's more? So I've, I, this is my... You've sogged out a piece of bread So there. one time, the chef at Mia, when I used to work, made this beans on toast, and it was one of the best I've ever made. And I forgot about it in the last podcast. I remembered... Two pieces of toast, then chop them diagonally. Yeah. So you get four diagonal pieces of bread, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to do this with my hands, so let me just put the mic there. Then you lap over the foot. So it actually makes a square, yeah. but there's a gap in the middle. Yeah. Right? So typically, I fill that gap with beans. Mm-hmm. So you, you elude the idea you so Yeah, you can soggy, it's around right? the outside. So started putting my beans in. Mm. I thought, I'll just put a bit more in, put a bit more in. Before I knew it, I'd covered the whole toast. So, yeah, I messed it up in a big way. Um, speaking of food, just one last thing on mini egg bars, and then they're banished forever. I was texting Barry Taylor the day, my friend, who's, who's also a golf coach, and he's supposed to be coming to a wedding, which is supposed to be in June. Who knows if it's going to happen or not? I don't know, obviously, with everything that's going on. But he said that he bought me that as a little surprise, jokey wedding present. Nice. A 20-box of mini egg bars, and then he realised that the date was best before when the wedding's meant to be anyway, so oh, he's going to have them himself. Is it? So that was a bit of a shame. Uh, anyway, the Facebook... Did you drop around it, yeah? Well, he could do, yeah, if he was a real friend. Anyway, never mind. If you need lessons in Rainford, don't think about going to see Barry Taylor, PJ Girl Professional. Yeah, I would do really. He's a very, very good coach. He's done a good job with his bay, actually. Yeah, he's that's, yeah I saw that. He's um, No, that's a good... I, I think Barry Is his son Ben still doing really well? Yeah, he's a really good player. He's he's only very small. He's about... I think he's a 12, maybe 13 max, but he's quite small. But his swing is pure. So when he kind of grows up and fills yeah. out and stuff, he has got potential to be seriously good. His swing is very, very solid. Um well, sort of quite weird, actually. So I don't think I think Benson listens to this. Actually, I found his YouTube channel a little while ago. He's got a little channel himself. You've probably seen some of the clips. Yeah, yeah, I have. And what was mad? He was playing my golf course where I grew up playing. We've not been for a few years. And when I joined there in like the year two thousand nineteen ninety eight, actually, there were so many trees that were planted that were tiny, and now they're that big. I almost can't recognise the holes. And it's weird that you know if you've been at a golf course yeah, and you've started yeah, right. and then it develops, it's quite weird. But and that was off topic. So you ready for your Facebook questions? Yes. Um, this one you've done a million times, but let's just get it in there. From Mark Clifford, what's on the golf course bucket list? So just give me three, maybe. Think hard and... Cape Kidnappers. Is that New Zealand or yeah. Australia? Yeah. Uh, Augusta and um, St. Andrews backwards. Okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Come on to that another time. Yeah, for me, I- I'm not that St. Andrews, 100%. Darren Wood... Um, What's the first on-course video you want to create when lockdown is lifted and golf can resume? Well, it's a very good question, that. So we've been racking our brains in lockdown for a strand of content oh, yeah. that would allow us to be more play more golf, basically. Mm. I want to play more golf this year. That sounds ridiculous, because I think I've said that. No, you know what? I don't think I've ever... I'm not one of those guys who go, I want to play more golf this year, because I, I feel quite lucky I get to play quite a lot of golf. But I don't play golf... No, you don't play a lot of golf. You hit golf balls. It's different. Yeah, isn't it? I'm out on the golf course a lot, mm. and I'm pl- from the perception I'm playing golf, but I don't play golf. I don't play 18 holes of golf. Very, 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 very rarely. I probably God, if I, it, I reckon I'd, I've handful played, of times a year. I reckon I played six times last year, which is shocking, isn't it? But every single day I played golf. So 
this year we're going to come up with a well we have come up with a new series which we're not going to kind of get too deep in yet because we don't want to spoil it uh, but basically we're playing a lot more golf what i like about that series is it's not like revolutionary content it's going to be class yeah people are going to really it's going to be really it. good i think that's it's not clickbait it's nothing silly it's authentic golf content that's going to be fun to watch and good so i think maybe maybe the first week we try and shoot one of those mm. i might want to play and then that could be the first episode yeah my first time back yeah i think it could good shout um so ian fleming has asked um how much real difference to performance does the type of putter make eg blade or mallet does it really matter it's just forgiveness so typically it has been measured as well mallet putters are more forgiving so if you don't hit the middle of the club face there's more support behind the toe and the heel so the face doesn't twist as much to improve the moi so there is on paper fact robotic testing mallet putters are more stable more forgiving but some golfers prefer the blade yeah, and also with a with a mallet, you're going to often get more alignment. Yes, that can help. Help. Um, Ollie Billingham has said, um, as everyone has jumped on the the trends that guys started. Obviously. Don't want to don't want to say I'm a trendsetter, but everyone now in the world, it's be, all well, of a sudden beans on toast a thing. Like no one had ever 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 had beans on toast. Did you see the Weetabix thing? Yeah, people put that in the group. Literally Weetabix the day on, after. Yeah. Did you see the responses? Like saying it's disgusting and it's sick and all the brands that all were saying stuff. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, it was like they were like Nando saying, You okay, hon? And yeah. Was like, <laughs> that was. We had a few people put that in the group actually attempt to. I think we accepted that's one. weird that. That I said it and then it. Yeah, yeah possibly. Trends there. Um, I mean, maybe. Have I been. Have you pulled the wool over my eyes? Is it is it the fact that I'm not going to continue with Nike and you are? are they they want to sign. I'm <laughs> wearing Nike jackets. I mean, I've also got New Balance <laughs> shoes on, but still. Um, so anyway, what's the weirdest golf trend you've ever seen, past or present, or the best golf trends? So one that I definitely participated in. I know what's coming. Sweatbands. Yes. JL. JL sweatbands. Not only wrist sweatbands, I also rocked the head oh, sweatbands. Oh, didn't. <laughs> I did. Oh, my God. So if you don't remember this, so I would have been 16... And Jay, Jay Lindenberg was a massive, like, just literally hit the scene. Oh, it was incredible. It was the best. It was so expensive, but so desirable, aspirational and cool. So I had loads of the belts. Yeah, like, I had like, one. Re- like, way too many. This I just timed it really well. I, I feel like I want to pad this out a little bit. <laughs> I timed it really well where I, I was 16 when JL first really hit the scenes. That was when it was super, super loud. What year would that be? Just remind me what, how old, what year you were so 16. I'm, I was born oh, in 86. Oh, four are we saying? Oh, no, maybe, oh, two, oh, three, oh, four. Yeah, yeah. oh, two. Yeah. So I was... Um, the massive colours really out there like the style the fit was so different to any other golf brand wanted at the it time it was just yeah like really really cool but like I say super expensive pinstripe pants loud belts the so, top J on the back so I went down to a, a golf club I played in the Daily Mail final or Daily Telegraph final or one of them where my team where I was a, a grew up we went down to um Brocket Hall oh yeah which is in Welling Garden City amazing I, I actually want I, I still in a weird way class it as one of my favourite golf courses I've ever played it but it was 2002 when I last played it wow so it was that long ago yeah so that would have been it I would have yeah about 16 and I'd not seen Jay Lindenberg on the shelves. <laughs> like I'd never seen Jay Lindenberg in shops or anything. And I walked in, and they had a fresh stock of JL. And I, and I like my my mouth hit the floor. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is the, literally." And I was flicking through it all, and I couldn't afford any of it. 
but the one thing I could stretch to was the sweatbands. Mm. So on the top, there was loads of these sweatbands. They used to come in a pack of two. I remember them. In little, like, sealy like, thing at the top. Sealy thing with, with a plastic... One above the other. Yeah, yeah. in a plastic, like, you now. can see it. Yeah. And I think about 15 quid. I was going to say 25, but you oh, might, might be... Maybe maybe I can't quite remember. It might be 25. Whatever it was, it was it was affordable. It, it was, right? yeah. Where, where, let's say, the belt was 150 quid. I yeah. can't remember, but like, like that's where it was. So I went in and I had the, all this selection. Literally, the stock had just been put out. The, the pro shop there knew there was a junior comp coming in, and they had they nailed it perfectly with the timing. The sweatbands sold out all... like Every single sweatband, uh, sweatband sold out. So I bought, if I remember correctly, they were white with like a sky blue kind of JL symbol on it. So I bought the wristbands before going out and playing. I think I, I think I played with them on definitely. That was one of my rounds where I snapped my three iron during the round of golf. So I must have felt like a tennis player rather than a golfer at the time. I came back in and they still had some stock. I bought a headband, <laughs> Christ, for like twenty quid or whatever. <laughs> And went back home. Literally, nobody wore Jay Lindenberg where I used to play. Where I used to play golf, and me rocking up every single weekend. And I must admit, I wore the sweatbands until they were were, were like a dark color of grey. Oh, crikey! They were not white anymore. And then, weirdly, as I as I kind of progressed at sixteen, and when I became an assistant pro at Mir at eighteen, um, the Jay Lindenberg. Um, it became a Jay Lindenberg stockist. So I used to go and actually do the Jay Lindenberg order. And this is the best guy. Every year, just before Christmas in December, down in Covent Garden in London, they had their Jay Lindenberg sample sale. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Literally the best. You were dripping in JL. I had jeans, I had trainers, because it was the fashion yeah, stuff yeah. as well. It wasn't just nice the, the golf stuff. stuff. So I went down, and me, me and a pal of mine, we, we used to take down like bin bags, right, full, and, and all the sample size at the time when I was like 18 all fit me perfectly. And I literally would stock up to, to last me years, years and years and years. And uh, this is when I had all my belts. I had my white belt with the, yeah. the golf. The iron head cover, iron, iron head, head one. Iron head, yeah. um, all the different colours, because it was like dirt cheap. I was paying like 20 quid a belt or even even less potentially at the time. It was 70 quid in the shop, I remember. Yeah. So that was yeah third like, of the price. And I remember literally filling these bags and going to the till. And it was like 200 quid for like the whole bag full. It was unbelievable. So... What, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, well, what I'm thinking here is not wearing Nike anymore. Not pay if Jay Lineker going to come in and put an hey, offer on the table, a few belts listen, and a few wristbands. This history, in, there. yeah, there is. This history. Um, well, one of my this wasn't what, so much. What, what was it was question? about golf trends oh, and right, stuff. Yeah. I remember that possibly the cringiest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and it's kind of a trend. Well, not really. If you, you might remember this, when Sergio was really up and coming, and he was sponsored by Titleist, he used to have El Nino on the back of his cap, which I've got a picture. I've just pulled it up there. Which I think in French in, in Spanish means the boy or yeah. something along those little lines. Boy or something, I yeah, something like that. Little boy or the boy or whatever it might be. And I um, remember asking my mum. So I would have been probably eight or nine to sew in one of my. I had a red Callaway cap, right? I remember it so vividly. It was red, and she stitched on the side. And no offense to my mum, which wasn't the best of um, what's the word for stitcher or something. But anyway, it wasn't the sewist. It wasn't the best sewer, however. And she wrote the boy on the side of my cap. And I was there walking around the golf club at eight years old, thinking I was the best thing since sliced bread, with the boy on the side of my cap, and it looked quite poor. It means the child. The child, there we go. So the boy was a loose translation. Um, but the, I feel, I'm probably talking absolute garbage here, I'm sure I am, because I'm not a member of a golf club at the minute, but when I was like growing up, it felt like trends were more of a thing. There was the, the coloured pants trend, massive. Yeah, pinstripe, I used to have pinstripe, pinstripe pants. Belts. Tightlist, three wood, head covers, inside out. 
Oh, I never had that one. Oh my goodness. So really? inside, remember the sock head cover? Yeah. The one with the, the black and white yeah, yeah, train. Yeah. If you if you actually turn that inside out, yeah. the most amazing inside of the head oh, covers wow, ever. When... Because weirdly, let's think of the colours. You had black, you had red, you had a bit of white. Yeah. You'd literally turn it inside down and there was greens, there was yellows, oh, there was word. all sorts of crazy. Never had that covers. one. There was things like I remember when um two strap bags became a thing. That was massive. Izod or Izo strapped because you had to buy them. You had to buy them separately at the time. I had that tailor-made bag one time, which I think I've talked about in the podcast before. That had the straw coming up the shaft. That's ridiculous. uh, Coming up the thingy. Um, But for me, I'll never. I think the biggest trend in my golfing life was the white belts. I think that was just massive. I've got so many white belts that I never wear them. I would literally never wear white belts. No, I can't. They can't can't come back in fashion, can they? Now, well, you say that about things, but they often do. Um, I want to find a, a tightless head cover inside I, out now. Yeah, I've never heard Honestly, of that Honestly, mate, it was mad. And then do you remember the Tiger head cover? The tightless, not, it wasn't affiliated with Tiger, but it was the one with the stripes on the side. Yeah, 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 and, the 983K. You could, peel, you could peel the yeah. stripes off and it would almost look like a, like a dragon or something. Thomas has asked why you're finding that. Um, and again, a bit food-related again. But what's the best clubhouse food um, when you finished around the golf? What's the number one thing you're... If the menu's got anything on it, what's the number one thing you want in? I found the head covers. Go on, let's have... With the inside out? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of this. So think about... So think about the... the uh, I know which head covers you're, you're talking let about. Let me try and find, like, a good example. Oh, mate, it was, it was the best. If you've got these head covers, turn it inside out. So that was literally what they look like inside out. Oh, right. Yeah. I never right, knew that. that. No, I just never knew it. I'm just surprised that I didn't know that, because that's the exact kind of thing I would have known about, but I didn't do. Yeah. I don't know if I can get a camera on that, but we'll insert an image either. Um, and then you could, apparently you could do it with tailor-made, tailor-made burner headphones oh, yeah. as well. That was quite good. No, it was never... never. There was weirdly a fashion at my golf club, didn't last very long, where we started putting no head cover on our driver, which sounds ridiculous mm. now I say it, but yeah, that was quite cool for a little spell. I don't know why that was. Did, you, did any of you do like novelty head covers? Uh, I had a Retief Goose and one, the Goose. Something I've never done, you no, know. No, I've never been into it really, but I did have that one. Um, like putter covers, yeah, I've had, I've had some like what classes like novelty putter covers, but not like animals or anything. No, I'm not a fan of them now, but that's one thing I did. Um, so what's your best clubhouse food? Then you go into the, you've played 18 holes, you're hungry, you're golf tired, you're golf hungry, you've done about 1,000 calories carrying your bag, you've shot three over par, fairly happy. Um, you walk in, what's on the menu? And they just say, anything you want, sir. What would you be picking? I honestly, only because I think it's very much on topic, a club sandwich. Why is it on topic? It's like clubhouse. Oh, okay. For a minute, actually, <laughs> I actually thought they were called clubhouse sandwiches. I was about to say clubhouse sandwich, but it's not. It's just a club sandwich. Mm. I love a club I just think you get your bread, you get your bacon, your chicken, your lettuce, your mayonnaise. I have a bit of ketchup on the side so I can chips or crisps. chips and chips, obviously. And a few crisps for there, you'll have a li- little bit of salad, just token salad. Um, I feel like it's manageable where you can eat it. Like, and I can check my phone on the other other hand, yeah. you know, because I've been, been out of isolation for four hours. Yeah, long time, Rick. <laughs> Rick Howard, imagine like how long a minute of Rick not on his phone is in like, you know, you have dog years. Like, I reckon you not on your phone for a minute is like a normal person's half an hour. So if, if Rick's ever without his phone, I love it. One of my favourite things, this is how sad my life is. One of my favourite things ever is when your phone dies when we're filming and the look of pure anxiety that comes under the sweats, the shakes, which well, you, you can't you when you're up as well because you go on your phone and go, oh, no way. There's no, so what? much to scroll on. What is it? Oh, oh, doesn't matter. You can see it later when, you ch- when your phone's charged <laughs> up again. Um, so, yeah, club sandwich. I'm a big fan of a burger yeah, after yeah. a round, but I just think that's a bit... It's a risk at a golf club because it could be great, it could not be great. Yeah. 
Because you could just literally get a burger. You know what the kids have started calling it? You Patties. Yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like a patty on a bun with a bit of cheese on. But like, or you can, or they can stack it and it's like the best thing in the world. My choice is very similar to yours. I might throw you with this a little bit. Cheese toasty and chips. For some Ooh. reason, after golf. And I kind of like that where you're a little bit hungry still after it and you're going like a Kit Kat chunky from the pro shop. Do you know what I mean? Just that little bit of dessert. Are we talking though while we're adults or when we're still kids? Both. All right. <laughs> my, my palate's not changed. <laughs> oh, so, sorry, Rick. I'd have a uh, caviar and... Um, I just think if someone literally comes up to you and goes, you can have anything you want, sir, and you turn around and go, cheese toasty, please, love. Oh, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Over here, I'll have a club sandwich. A clubhouse sandwich, please. <laughs> Christ, Gordon Ramsay, we're having to go at me. <laughs> with his golf bag with cordial coming out of the straw, head comes inside out, you lost, mate, you're right. A white belt and sweatpants. <laughs> no phone, <laughs> dripping sweat looking for a phone. Anyway. Um, I'd be like, I don't need food, I need a charger. <laughs> Get me a portable charger now. Um, I, did have, I did have, what are we up to here? Because I had a couple of golfy bits. That I'm, let's just go, let, let's keep going. A couple of golfy okay. bits. So I'm going to kind of play a bit thick on this, partly because I'm a bit thick on this. Um, there's been a lot of fuss recently around this fact that they're going to be allowed to use um, laser range finders. Is it in the PJ Championship or something? It's the PJ Champs. So well, why is that? Why is that newsworthy? Why is that a big deal? Talk to me. Well, first off, have they actually specified it's going to be laser? Because when I last looked, it was measuring devices. I was hoping you'd lead with this, okay. to be honest. Let me, have a, let me have a look then. From what last I heard, it was measuring devices. So if it is that, it's your lasers, it's your GPS watches, watches, it's a handheld thing, etc. Which, why it's so different is because golf professionals, sorry, golf professionals, that's my phone's coming into, <laughs> golf professionals, in, for as far as ever, have never ever been able to use any technology or help in a professional event during tournament play. They can use lasers, GPS in practice rounds, so that's not a problem, but actually in tournament play, they are not allowed to use measuring devices. It just says distance measuring devices. So I think that is GPS and yeah, laser. Yeah, I guess it is, because it would just say laser rangefinder, I suppose, otherwise. This got announced last week, and it, I'll be honest, it complete shock to me. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. It just suddenly popped up online. I was like, what the hell? Why? So this is a major championship. Yeah, there's a reason why, apparently, and it's to improve the pace of play. I think that's a load of crap. I do. I don't see how it improves pace of play. I really don't. For me... When you, these guys have got the best caddies in the world carrying their bags, and I actually spoke to to a world famous caddy just last week about this topic. I won't drop his name in because I don't know if he he gives me permission to do so. But he basically said it'll only speed up play for golfers offline. If you're okay, in the middle of the yeah. fairway, makes no difference because you know you've got one thirty three from the sprinkle head. You've anyway, got your yardage book. Everything's mapped out to the middle of the fairway. He said you can only, and he said very, very rarely it will speed up play if you're massively offline, so that you can literally just get your watch or get your, your yeah. measuring device or whatever it may be, and very quickly you get a, get a number. But is that going to really speed up the, the general play? Because that golfer, so. regardless of whether he's got the number on his watch, let's say they are using watches, let's say, he's still going to want to walk up and get a line. Yeah. He's still going to want to walk out onto the fairway and see where the pin is on. Wind's still there. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Incline. They're not allowed yeah. to use ones that show the incline or anything, no. so they're going to have to work out real yardage, plays like yardages. I think there's a couple of things. I've got a f- couple of theories. I do feel like there's got to be some sort of ulterior motive. I feel like there's got to be... The sponsorship or something, sponsorship possibly. sponsorship opportunity, or th- there's something. It's not as clear-cut because it came out of nowhere. If it was something like in 2025... They're going to start yeah. using it. Okay, 
Well, that that might make a bit of sense. We've got a bit, of, but this is the it's it's now. It's this yeah. year. I can't remember where, when it is the the PJ Champs, but it's this year. It's a major championship, and I also feel like in a weird way, like would this almost put somewhat of a, of an asterisk next to the winner? Because mm. this winner is going to be the first winner using a measuring device in a major tournament. Yeah, I'm, I don't think for me it's that big of a deal, only because. As we've said already, we know that they get perfect yardages from the world trained, well, not trained, but a, a world-class caddy anyway. So it's not like they're guessing. If there was nothing allowed and they went to them, it would be very different. But they know they've got 174. It might now show 174.9, potentially. It's so. actually really quick. It's May. All right. So it's, happen- it's not like it's happening. So it's May this year. Um, you know, the prize fund is $11 million. The, pr- the winner makes just under $2 million. But again, speaking to this, this caddy, a world-class caddy, he didn't know any more than I knew yeah. about it. He didn't know whether he'd be able to use a, a laser that has GPS inside of it, like the Garmin that I use, for example. Like, he didn't know. So it's like, this is such a surprise to everybody. It just feels like it's too unexpected. Mm. I've got a few, I don't think it'll speed up the pace of play, personally. No, I don't think it will. And I also don't, expect because i tell you this is my biggest theory why it won't speed up the pace of play if i'm a player playing in a tournament playing in a tournament that's worth two million dollars if i win it yeah okay you're my caddy okay and we stood there and you've got the yardage book in front of you i'm probably going to be somewhere in your proximity yeah looking at that yardage book with you you might go hey rick it's 192 to the pin it's 187 to cover that bunker it's 200 200 yards to the back of the green right I would almost be wanting somewhat of clarification on that. Not that I didn't trust you. So then do zap it yourself, maybe. I, mm. I would have to. If you zapped it for me, I, I yeah. just couldn't trust it. For whatever reason, I, yes. and I trust you know, with yes. my life, but for, in that moment in time, I'd be like, did he really read that as 169? Has it hit that person behind it or something stupid? Or? That's exactly it as well. Like, yeah. did he actually measure it as 169 or is it 196? Or like I said, did it hit the flag or did it, did it hit something else? And I think that's why the speed up play. Mm-hmm. There's no way on God's earth. And even if it was the other way around, let's like, say the player wanted to zap it first, the caddy would still want to zap it. Yeah. And then if you've got to have two lasers each, have you, have you, are you both, everyone wearing watches? It'll be interesting to see if the likes of your, your Garmin's or your Bushnell's or your Nikon's, etc. start signing more tour players potentially, or will that make a difference? I don't know. Well, I think, I think so far they've been signing caddies, definitely in the back burner. Because again, yeah, I've seen caddies with, with oh. signs of a laser and stuff on the hat. And again, because in practice rounds it can be used, and I'm sure in practice rounds it's a wonderful tool. You've mm. never been to the golf course before. It's in, uh, where was it this year again? Kiowa Island, South Carolina. Some people might have never played the golf course before. And those first three days where Monday to Wednesday, you might want to take the laser and, and get all your yardages, 100% understand it. But then tournament play, I just don't see it working. Very, yeah, good. Well done. I, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where everyone will expect it to be a massive thing and you'll get a few little pictures of it, but the majority of people just won't use it. Yeah. I'm just thinking then, towards the end of that, I was really enjoying everything you're saying, and all of a sudden, from the back of nowhere, it reminded me, that I just remembered they've got war in my car still, and it's not been fixed. <laughs> the last, how long have we been doing this for? One hour 13, I'll take your mind off I it. completely, yeah, last hour and 10 minutes, I hadn't thought about it once, and all of a sudden then, whatever, something you said must have spiked it, I just, listened to you talk about a caddy, and the next thing I thought, oh, car's still got war in the cell. <sighs> 
off on that note guys thanks for listening to the Richard's golf show podcast hopefully you enjoyed it i'm still doing the walk 18 we're 14 days in so far this will be 15th day so far donations are amazing we're getting very close to thirty thousand pounds which is phenomenal uh thanks for the support and we shall be back next week that was a good podcast it was a good podcast and lastly on that you've covered everything i think it'd be really good again keep the emails coming podcast at rickshields.com um give us a rating on apple if you can five stars ideally and also subscribe to our new i say new channel it's been over a year now subscribe to the second channel yeah if you want to watch some of these clips that's where they'll be we're on thirty-five thousand subscribers right now it'd be nice to get that up a bit for whatever reason thanks for listening and watching so we're going for look some Jalen Deberg stuff. <laughs> Let's go shopping. <laughs>